0: Please be seated. We me hear again from the word of God in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, beginning at verse 18. Oh, my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The harvest is past. The summer has ended. And we are not saved. Since my people are crushed... I am crushed. I mourn and and horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Let's pray. Picture yourself for a moment in paradise. Perfection surrounding you. No worries. No cares. Nothing wrong. The perfect setting. Is that a good place to be? It wasn't. Adam there he was in the garden of Eden in a world without sin a perfect relationship with God nothing (coughs) on the face of it nothing wrong at all and yet God looks at him there and says it's not good you know up until that moment everything has been good all very good but God looks at Adam and says it's not good by himself it's not good for this man to be alone you see when god created us he made us relational beings we find our identity in relationship with others in isolation we end up being stunted the way in which we grow and develop is through interaction with other people. Our own well-being is not just a matter of being comfortable in our own skin. Complete well-being comes about when we are in good relationships. When we are in a good relationship with God, that's what salvation is all about. When we're in a good relationship with other people, That's what reconciliation is all about. When we're in a good relationship with our world, that's what restoration is all about. And we can't be in a good relationship with ourselves unless those other three things are in place as well. That's where wholeness or inner healing comes into play. And when all these four relationships are as they should be, we can talk then about being in a good place. I'm in a good place in one sense if I'm living in harmony with my surroundings. That goes for our immediate surroundings. Are you sitting comfortably? You can't be in a good place if the chair you're in is uncomfortable or hard or after a while you get achy or feel free to get up and walk around if that applies to you tonight. Is my home warm and dry? Do I live in a safe neighbourhood? God has blessed many of you listening to this sermon because you live in Horsham. That's not a bad place to be. But what about our relationship with the wider world? Friday's climate change protesters forcibly reminded us that we are not living in harmony with the whole of creation. We are using its resources as if there were no tomorrow and the protests were designed to make the point that unless we change now, our grandchildren may well end up living with the irreversible, catastrophic consequences of the bad decisions that we have made or our simple inaction. Today in the news, concern is expressed that climate change is accelerating rather than slowing down and rather than cutting our carbon emissions they are at an all-time high up by 20 percent sea levels are rising faster at five millimeters a year and since 1850 the temperature of the world has increased by 1.1 degrees celsius but point 0.2 of that increase happened between the years of 2011 and 2015. We are warming up, and warming up quickly. And well-being entails having a good relationship with our environment, the created world in which we live, as well as just my own comfortable armchair and my nice house. Well-being also entails having a good relationship with each other. The book of Proverbs puts it well. It's better to camp out on the roof of your house than live inside with a nagging wife. I wouldn't know. The point is that no environment is a good environment if you have to share it with people you don't get on with. However comfortable the armchair, however nice the house, it can be pretty unbearable if the company is bad. Bad relationships sour everything. I can't be in a good relationship with myself or with my surroundings if my relationships with others are all wrong. But I am in a good place if I'm getting on with those around me. If I'm in relationships of mutual love and trust with those who are close to me, where we get on well together, there is a sense of partnership, being with those closest to us, heart and soul. You can't put a price on that. And I'm in, a good relation- I'm in a good place if I'm in a good relationship with myself, if I'm comfortable with my own identity. Self-aware, accepting of who I am, able to play to my strengths and to live within my limitations. If I'm physically fit, enjoy good health and am pain-free, if I enjoy what I do and find life-fulfilling my word, that's a great place to be. But if you're feeling low and empty, you just want to run away from everything, you can't face each new day, you feel you can't cope with life, then you are not in a good place. That sense of being at ease may be a result of bad relationships with others, it may be the result of being in a stressful environment. It may be simply that we are ill. But everything is connected. Our relationships, with the, our relationships with each other, the place where we live, affects and is affected by how we feel about ourselves. Everything holds together. Everything's linked. And it's the same, actually, about our relationship with God as well. If you don't believe in God, you might hesitate about agreeing at that point. But as you expect, as I'm standing here in front of a church, I'd want to say that being in a right relationship with God is fundamentally part of our comprehensive well-being. Indeed, in some ways, it's the key to everything else. One of the reasons why there is such a sense of alienation in our secularised society is because we are alienated from the God who made us with the capacity to relate to him and to each other and to our environment. And if our relationship with God is screwed, then everything else is going to be thrown out of joint as well. God is the God of peace. He works to bring his peace into all our relationships. To bring us to reconciled relationships with each other. To show us how we can live in a restored relationship with our environment. Enable us to be okay with who we are in ourselves as well. But if our relationship with God is missing or damaged or distant, then a fundamental part of the jigsaw of our overall well-being is missing too. Salvation. Part of salvation is knowing that God welcomes and accepts me as his beloved child. He forgives me because he loves me. In Christ, my shortcomings, my failings, my sins are dealt with. And that knowledge that I belong to God is the ultimate source of my personal security and inner strength. God's love for me is key to my self-perception, who I am. And the best thing I can do with my life then is to live it in such a way as to honour him. Because I know that nothing, not even death itself, can come between me and God's love for me. But that salvation, that, that, that sense of wholeness, that sense of being reconciled to God, of being close to God, spills over into all the other aspects of wholeness as well. Salvation, being right with God, brings healing and reconciliation into my relationships with others because he breaks down the dividing wall of hostility. He calls us to be people who exercise forgiveness, who work wherever possible to rebuild relationships. I can rediscover a positive connection with the world around me. And this is the creation that God has made and he, he has invited us to take responsibility for its well-being. And in the knowledge of God's love for me, those great words of the Apostle Paul, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me, I find that I can accept myself. And through my relationship with him, I find a healing and a wholeness that I otherwise would not have known. As humans, we were made for relationship. And God is at work to get all of our relationships right. Our relationship with him, with each other, with our environment, and with ourselves. God is at work to build those bridges, get those relationships right. And when God says, I am the Lord who heals you, it's about the healing of those relationships that he's referring to. Healing our relationship with himself with each other with our world and healing inwardly too so that we can accept ourselves and when we when we come to read the passage from Jeremiah tonight we see a man and a situation desperately in need of God's healing Jeremiah's heart is faint within him he feels crushed overwhelmed by a sense of horror he just wants to weep and weep and never stop crying jeremiah we may safely say was not in a good place has to be said he scores top marks in the rankings for the most depressed prophet of god and his book should come with a health warning don't read jeremiah if you're depressed yourself So please don't take what I've said as a kind of simplistic guarantee that if you become a Christian, all your problems will be solved. You will automatically find yourself in a good place because Jeremiah, following God's call, found himself in a bad place. He found honouring God to be immensely costly, from an emotional point of view. He was perhaps one of those people who simply cared too much. There was no sense of emotional detachment from him. Like many of God's prophets, he found himself being so in tune with the heart of God that he could not but feel God's pain, God's anger, God's grief, at the evil and suffering in the world. He was consumed by it and consumed by God's anger and pain and grief at the injustices perpetrated by his own people. It was not as it was supposed to be, and Jeremiah carried the burden of that. You can't always tell with Jeremiah whether the emotions he's expressing are his or God's. When he says, my people, is this Jeremiah saying, my people, who is echoing God's feelings about his own people. But when you catch a glimpse of the depths of Jeremiah's emotion, you catch a glimpse of what is going on in the heart of God when he looks at this world we live in and how we live in it. And that's why I have to be honest with you and warn you that part of receiving God's healing and wholeness in our lives is that we we can get in touch with our emotions again. And that can hurt. That can be painful. Because you start to feel all those things that you simply avoided in the past by shutting down. Not going there, going to lock those emotions away and leave them to one side. You switch off the emotional switch and you don't feel anything. That's not how God made us. He made us emotional beings with the capacity to feel joy and pain and sorrow as well. Part of wholeness is being in touch with our emotions. And wholeness liberates us into feeling positive things like love and joy and peace. But also grief, anger and sorrow can bubble up to the surface and that can be painful but it's an important part of healing that they do bubble up to the surface because if we batten down the hatches if we bury them in a secure vault deep down inside us so we can just try and forget about them they just fester and become worse it's like an infection that can poison our entire emotional system. So yes, I do need to warn you that being in touch with God and receiving his healing might mean that you start to feel pain that you've just shut away until now. But having the capacity to feel is a good thing because God wired you up with emotions and feelings are his gift to you. And expressing that pain Is sometimes the only way that we can find healing for it. Experiencing emotion is part of being whole, it's part of the way we were made. And in Jeremiah's case, he's upset because of what has happened to his people. He is devastated because they are wounded, he is crushed because they have been crushed. He grieves over the plight of those who have been taken away against their will into exile in Babylon hundreds of miles away effectively banished from the presence of God crying out from a distant land Is the Lord not in Zion Is a king no longer there They feel utterly God forsaken They are in a bad place. Literally, geographically, they are in a bad place. They're in the last place on earth they want to be. But they're there because of a broken relationship with God. They belong to a nation who should have known better. They should have stayed loyal to the God who called them into being and claimed them from among all the other nations of the world to be his own treasure possession. But they had provoked his anger by rejecting him in favour of worthless images and foreign idols. So God sent them away. And as the months ticked by, the reality of what had happened was beginning to dawn on them. The confident predictions of those who said, oh, you'll be back home again before you know it. They, They weren't true. the harvest has passed, the summit is over, we're not saved. And Jeremiah weeps, was there there no medicine that could make them better? Was there no physician who could restore them? Was there no healing for the wound of his people? Were they beyond redemption? Was their condition terminal? Was their situation beyond all remedy? And Jeremiah weeps. He's not in a good place emotionally. The people were not in a good place in exile. They weren't in a good place with God because they turned their backs on him. In their complacent, they, the, complacency, complacency, they thought that their relationship with God was neither here nor there. Didn't really matter. But actually, having to leave their home, going to Babylon, brought it home to them, that being in a right relationship with God was crucial to their well-being. And without him, they had nothing. So turning their backs on God, they ended up far from home in exiles, as exiles in enemy territory. And Jeremiah agonises over the wound of his people. Everything is connected. Without God, there was no well-being. So is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Is there no healing for the wound of my people? The answer to all these questions, of course, is yes, there is. The Lord is there. He's still in charge. He's the great physician who can heal and restore But it would take time. And in the case of the exiles, there was no quick fix. It would be decades before they returned home again. But sorting out the relationship with God was crucial to getting everything else right. And once they were back with God, God could bring them home and restore them again. So much for Israel in the time of Jeremiah. What about you? Are you in a good place? Do those words in verse 20 resonate with you? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we're not saved. That sense of having missed the boat. You know at some point you should have gone in that direction and you've gone in this direction instead, and and you're not where you should be that time when God says do this and you said no I'm going to do that instead that time when things have fallen apart in terms of our relationship with families or others in church or friends it's never too late maybe late in the day but there is still time wherever you find yourself God can pick you up and bring you back into a good place the Lord is in Zion your king is here there is balm in Gilead for your pain the Lord is the great physician he is the one who heals the wounds of his people the place to start is to turn to him and invite him to bring wholeness back into your life To begin by healing his relationship with you. And then perhaps with yourself. How you feel about yourself. Perhaps with others. Perhaps with your surroundings. The Lord is the God of peace. And he invites you to open your heart And allow him to bring his peace into your life. His healing into all your relationships. Your relationship with him, with yourself, with others, your environment. His wholeness into every aspect of your being. Spend a moment in quiet. Lord, where broken relationships have damaged us, would you bring us your healing? Where we have turned away or gone wrong, would you turn us around and bring us back? Where connections have been broken, would you mend them? And where connections are irrevocably broken, would you bring healing for those wounds? You are the great physician. We bring ourselves to you and we don't know where to begin. We don't even know what's wrong with us. But you know how we feel. You know where we are. You know why we are in this state. We place ourselves in your hands. Enable us to rediscover who you are. Who we are. how you want us to live. Who you want us to be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.